0: Hey guys, welcome back to Couples Chatting About Infertility. On this episode, I talked with Shannon. Shannon is a beautiful mother of three. She shares her story so proudly, and we can definitely relate on so many things, especially being so thankful for our precious babies after years and years of thinking we would both never be able to get pregnant. Talking to her just made me feel so good. Shannon and her husband struggled for seven years to get pregnant, and then finally conceived their first daughter via IUI. Her story gives me so much hope, as doctors told them that since they had so much trouble getting pregnant the first time, they would probably need help if they ever wanted any more kids. To their surprise, they then ended up pregnant not once, but twice more, completely unexpectedly. Shannon knows how blessed she is to have her three children after all of the heartache and struggles her and her husband endured for so many years. She shares about how going through the struggles that she did have helped to make her a better mom. We relate on the fact that you just appreciate every little moment and feel so thankful for the experience of motherhood after going through infertility for such a long period of time in your life. I love talking to Shannon because she chose to be open and share her story about her struggles with infertility from the beginning when she started trying to conceive around 24 years old. I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to open up about something like this, especially in your 20s when it seems like all your friends and everyone else around you is getting pregnant so easily. By continuing to have these conversations, I just want you to know that you aren't alone. Everyone's story looks different, but we can always find something to be so hopeful for. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on to talk with me. I just loved getting to finally meet you. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. to get the chance to do this with you I can't thank you enough for just coming on to chat with me and I'm so excited to get to talk to you more great thanks we're
1: excited too well it's just me today my husband's golfing so
0: (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) our our husband sounds so alike when we saw your twiddle hander my my husband was like oh yeah you definitely got to talk to her (laughs) (laughs) so he is he an avid golfer
1: is yeah he's um he got you know since the pandemic has started um it's like five days a week yeah so working from home has been nice for him yeah <laughs> you know to get out there and really
0: uh, yeah
1: play more golf so yeah yeah he's pretty good his handicaps a plus two now so oh,
0: he's wow yeah he's really into it that's awesome oh that's so exciting our hubbies would definitely get along because mine is the same way just like addicted to golf plays any chance he gets you know Mm -hmm. but it's good for them yeah so I'd love to just kind of get started with a little background about who you are how you and your husband met and just the beginning of your journey with trying to get pregnant with your first yeah
1: so um we met service, yeah. actually, um, 13 years ago, so we've been married 13 years, okay. and, um, <laughs> we hit it off immediately, and I was, um, he was a pilot, and I was a flight attendant, so we met, you know, because we were in, we were both in Houston, I grew up in Houston, um, but I had moved, um, to Illinois for college, because that's where my, my dad was from, and originally that's where I'm from, too, so... Okay. I had gone back and I really was missing Houston. I was missing the weather, um, Midwestern winters. I don't know. Wait, well, you're in, are you
0: in Maryland? So we're in Maryland, but we were in yeah. Ohio and it's brutal out there in the winter. Mm-hmm.
1: It is. It is. And I had gone in Houston where, you know, it gets down to like maybe 30 degrees in January. Yeah. It's- it's pretty warm. So I had never had the really experience of like having to clear off my car and shovel my driveway. And I thought, this is good words. I'm going, I'm going back <laughs> down south. So, um, I got I got a job as a flight attendant I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So that's a great, great job. Yeah.
0: And uh, my husband
1: was a pilot. So we, we met kind of through that and, and that meeting service. So it was, it was good for us. Yeah. Um, and so I told my roommate, um, the first night I met him, I was like, oh my God, if I can go out with this guy again, I'm going to marry him. he was like, oh my gosh, that never happens. Well, sure enough, a year later we got married. Aww. So, so we've been together ever since. Yeah. yeah so, um, and a lot of people <clears throat> don't know that flight attendants have like one of the highest rates of miscarriage. Um, so, um, and they also don't get paid a lot. So we were kind of thinking, well, you know let's get a job where one of us is going to be home yeah. more because we would go a week and maybe see each other once in the airport. Yeah. So, um, so I got a job working as an oil, you know, working um, for an oil company yeah. and then he also found a job as an air traffic controller. So that's, um, that's what he's been doing for the last, you know, last 13 years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so I had been off sports control, since really, since we got married, we thought, well, you know, we're married, if something happens, it's gonna happen, yep. fine, whatever, no problem,
0: yeah.
1: Um, never happened, yeah. And I was young, I was in my 20s, I was 24 when we
0: got
1: married, yeah. And so, we, I was kind of like, this is not right, like, this is something's not happening, like, at this point, we're both home, something should, we should be happening. Yeah. I'm not missing days, I'm not, you know, we're not missing like the fertile days, like, yeah, this is something's not accurate here, so, um. So he was going to Oklahoma City for like six months for training. Right. So we said, you know, at the end of this six months, I'll go to a doctor because we're going to be moving. Yeah. I'll go to a doctor and we'll ask and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so six months went by, you know, and obviously he was home on the weekends mm-hmm. and I would be up there on the weekends. So that really wasn't a, try- like, we weren't really trying then. It was just kind of,
0: like, you know, yeah. long distance. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So now let me yeah. ask you a question, so, Yeah. Shannon. Did yeah. you so knowing that you wanted to get pregnant and have a family is that the number one reason why you switch careers? No, it wasn't. Okay.
1: It wasn't, but that was something in the back of my mind. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is you know this is a you know a big deal. Are we going to do this? And yeah. the other thing too is that um. My mom, and I didn't really put two and two together until much later. My mom I'm the only child of my mom that like survived like full pregnancy. So yeah, so when you think about that, and it's like, you know, a lot of people say it's genetic or you know, yeah. I don't know what people So people say a lot yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. But but I think it is really truly genetic. And yeah. so when I started you know, and for as long as I had been off birth control, really something We should
0: have been. We should have already had a kid. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was really kind of like, why isn't this happening? Is there, you know, is there something on? And also, you know, when you look back at, like, when I look back at, like, my periods and, you know, cycle-wise, some things weren't really adding up. Like, my periods were heavier. They weren't always 28 days. Yep. And so I thought maybe all these things adding up, something really should be happening. Yeah. And this was, you know, 13, 10 years ago, there was not all this information. Like I look back and I think, oh my gosh, if I had had all these, um, all this help, all these resources, this would have been a totally different story. Yeah. But there wasn't any of that. There were like chat rooms yeah. or that's really dating me. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I feel the same way.
1: Yeah, chat rooms are forums. Yeah. And people, they weren't really informative. They weren't like designed for venting and complaining. Like, this isn't happening for me. Yeah. And I'm like, go and do the you know the dirty work and the life work on your
0: own Mm yeah excuse me on your own yeah now being so you said you were in your young 20s and that's another thing that I Uh feel like is so hard when you're trying to start a family Uh and you are in your 20s because you feel like why isn't this happening like it's you grow up your whole life kind of thinking and knowing oh this is how it's supposed to be and then it doesn't exactly Exactly. it's horrible and it really does something to you like mentally it does yeah it
1: really does and um you know depending on what religion you go into you know I grew up I grew up Catholic so we're taught that like IVF is a sin and it's a terrible thing to do and then like how do you reconcile that Mm -hmm. when you know infertility is a medical diagnosis like it's a there is legitimately something wrong with your body that it's not making it work the way it's supposed to do.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people have to reconcile that. Yep. And that in itself just shows how much people truly don't know and understand infertility in itself. You know? Yes. I agree.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's there's really a lot. And, you know, you always
0: get the people who say, oh, relax. It'll happen when it's supposed
1: to happen. You're young. You have time. Yeah. And well, that's, if I'm young and I have time, uh, I want, I'm, I'm not a patient person. Exactly. No, and
0: it's like when you know that you're ready to start your family and you want this, to bring this child into the world so badly with the person that you love, it's just, like, heartbreaking to hear whether it's people that are close to you whether it's doctors dismissing you like oh you're young and I remember feeling that same way when I was first started with Clomid like oh this should work for you it's worked for a lot of other women sometimes it's all they need to just help their body get pregnant and it's just this like false sense of hope you know yeah
1: Yeah. And luckily, you know, I've had really good positions and that they've never dismissed anything that I've brought to them. So that was really good. And when we moved from Houston, we moved to
0: Tyler. um, I went to an
1: OB and I asked about it and he gave me all sorts of pointers (laughs) um, (laughs) that were nothing I would have thought, you know, like,
0: what? Oh, oh my god you know, I'm like, dying You know now. Lifting my legs yes I was like don't even say that after, you
1: know being intimate I was like is this a thing
0: Yeah, like literally yeah. I've tried that so, so many uh, we times we did that
1: for like six months and... yes yes six months <laughs> six months of that Like it was like the most awkward thing ever
0: and like that's <laughs> gonna do the trick and magically so, get you pregnant um, yeah <laughs> so after
1: we went to that exactly exactly um so after that I was like this is this is ridiculous this is not working um so I told my husband I was like I I probably need to go to a specialist and, and really see what's going on here so um living in Tyler there are no specialists so the closest specialist was in Dallas um which is two and a half hours away however I just I and there was one doctor, one reproductive endocrinologist that was going to do one weekend a month in Tyler. So, I got oh. on his schedule for his opening weekend in Tyler. But yeah, it was like a stroke of luck.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so it was kind of more of like a meet and greet, tell me what you want to do and we'll go from there.
0: Mhm. Um
1: so I met him and after that, I, all my appointments had to be in Dallas. Because, you know, when you're going through cycles, you have to go get your blood work done. You have to, you know, do all these things. So I would get up, and I'd leave the house at 530. i drive to Dallas. I'd be there right when they opened. Yep. And then I would drive back to Tyler and, um, you know, go to work. Yeah. <laughs> and we did that a couple of times. We tried Clomid. He said... Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, and that's something else that so, so many people just fail to realize too is like how much it truly dominates your everyday life and I can so relate to that too like driving an hour to the appointment rushing to make it to work on time still juggling everything else that's going on in your life
1: uh-huh. yeah you're right you're right it is it's a huge time commitment and I think while you're going through it you don't really even recognize how much of a time commitment it
0: really is yeah. um, and how much you know emotional you know, um, emotional
1: stuff goes into it. And um, you know, when I agreed to do this interview, I asked my husband if you you know, come with me and yeah. he said, Well, no, I have a I have a golf tournament. <laughs> um but <laughs> I said, Well how come we never talk about it?
0: Yeah.
1: And he said, Well I didn't really have a whole lot to say. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. We did this for so we did this for seven years. Yep. He's like, Well, you are on a lot of emotion drugs. Yeah. And uh he was like, you're, you're a little crazy. And I was like, well, golly, if that's not love, then I don't know what is. Oh my Seven God. Years-
0: emotion drives and you're, you're gonna stick around Shannon we we have to do this we are gonna have to talk again with both of our husbands because I feel like they already sound so similar and same like there's so much similarities in our journey for us it was seven years as well and I think a lot of times yeah. my husband looks back and yeah, he does it's like the medications the drugs like they really do something to you and it's hard to they do, yes. Yeah. It's hard to, like, acknowledge that and be able to still, you know, have a healthy relationship and juggle being a good worker and yeah. everything else that's going on. It kind of just consumes yeah. you. right. It does, yeah, it, it is. It's pretty, it's pretty tough.
1: And then, you know, you think about, like, all the things you stop doing or you don't start doing. So that you can either afford it or yeah. if you, you know, in that two-week wait, are you actually pregnant? Yep. I can't do those those things that I would normally do because yeah. it's dangerous for the baby. Yeah. So...
0: I know.
1: That's, I think about, you know, all the time that we, you know, we waited or I waited to do something or I stopped doing something because I was afraid that it would, you know, damage my body yep. or damage the baby. And it, would, it was dangerous. Oh, my God.
0: I totally feel that. And a lot of, like, how we feel, too, is we look back on our 20s and we're like, we spent most of our 20s trying to start a family. We spent most of our 20s trying to have... Yeah our first baby. So we said no to a lot of things. Yeah. We gave up a lot of, yes. you know, choices that we felt like weren't as important because we wanted to give everything into having this family that we so desperately wanted. And it's almost like more painful, like the more time that goes by, the more it hurts. And the more like the years go, we are just like, is it ever oh, yeah. going to happen for me? You know, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i completely understand that and when we were um we ended up finally moving to dallas and, and with the reproductive endocrinologist i ended up stopping going to him because he was really pushing ivf so heavily okay. and there wasn't ever a reason for me not to get pregnant they couldn't find anything yeah so i i wasn't ready to go down the ivf route yet i was like there's got to be some other stuff that will work yeah. and um he said, No, with you, IVF is the way to go. And I just I wasn't ready to shell out thirty thousand yeah. dollars yet. And I wasn't, you know, insurance doesn't cover that. And and I just I knew there was some other way, but I wasn't ready for that. So mm-hmm. I ended up taking a break and we moved to Dallas and I thought, well, you know what, let's let's try again. We're here, we're in Dallas, we're staying in Dallas and let's see what happens. And and at that point, he was not ready you know Matt didn't want to go forward he was like I- I'm not ready for this I don't want to do this this yeah. is a lot it's a lot with a new job it's a lot to handle and so um you know we went through a couple months where it was like you know what are what are we doing are we gonna do this are we gonna you know are we gonna make it through this yeah and so that I think a lot of couples go through that that portion yeah. of are we enough for each other
0: yeah oh my god I just appreciate and that's a, that's a yeah I appreciate your honesty so much because you're right and it's like when you're slapped in the face with these like really hard decisions whether you're newly married whether you've been married for a few years like it is not for the week at all and it definitely tests your relationship and it strengthens it for sure but that's not to say that there aren't a lot of lows in between you know so now how did it make you feel when you kind of felt like you were ready but then your husband was like you know what I'm not ready for this right now like I have a new job like how did that make you feel Mm yeah it
1: was really it was tough it was really tough because you know I had finally gotten to a point where um, I had finished my teaching certificate I was teaching I was like this is a great time I'm in a great school I'm Mm -hmm. still there This is a good time for us to try. We have somebody, we have a reproductive specialist that's like, you know, 20 minutes away, right down the road. Literally on the same road as us, 20 minutes down the road. Um, And so it was really, it was tough. It was tough to say, you know what, he needs some time to get settled in his job and and really not make it about myself.
0: I know. (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) It's it's so hard. And what else is so So, hard, too, um, is like you've been wanting it for so long. To have to say, okay, let me take a break. And that's something else that I admire so much about so many women that are able to say, you know what? Like, I have to take a little break and be okay with it right now. That's really hard. Yes. Yeah,
1: you do. It is hard. It is hard. And we took a lot of breaks because it is so physically demanding. It's mentally demanding. And you're just intimately demanding for partners, too. Yeah. 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 So it, it's really tough. Um, and and as it turns out, the you know the specialist that I went to, I went to a consultation um, a couple months after that conversation, and she was great. She said there's so many options that you have. You don't have to go right through IVF. You can take your time. You can do as little as you want or as much as you want right away.
0: Yeah. So That's that was great. really
1: that was really helpful. I mean, she took an hour to just talk to me about what we had gone through, what we wanted to go through, and. What's interesting is that she actually um, had infertility issues as well, and she has Clomid twins.
0: Wow. That's what she called
1: them. She called them my Clomid twins. Yeah. So it helps when you have a specialist that knows what you're going through and knows all the routes that you can take to get where you want to go.
0: Yes, and even understands the fact that you know your previous RE was like, oh, IVF is definitely what you need to do, but then you have a totally different doctor saying, listen, there's a bunch of things you can try, and there's nothing like somebody having that firsthand experience, let alone your doctor, to make you feel like, okay, I'm in the right place, I'm in the right Right. hands. Right. Yes.
1: It was really, it was really comforting, and so we ended up doing, um, well, we ended up doing a lot (laughs) through her, but ultimately, you know, ultimately it worked. And so that was really. And, but what's interesting about that is that on the on our very our last cycle, I told my other, I said, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I said, this is going to have to be our last one, and and I'm I'm good with this. For right now, I'm good with our life the way it is. Yeah. I can't continue like this. I can't continue putting my body through it. And you know, I had gained so much weight from all the fertility treatments. Okay. I mean, I must have gained like fifty pounds. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: And it was just it's, I mean, you know, it's emotionally draining every month, and to hear that you don't have the numbers, or, you know, it's just not working, or it's not gonna last,
0: yeah, yeah, it's just, how
1: do you continue that for, you know, for okay. forever, you can't continue forever, and at that point, I was 33, like, I've been doing this for so
0: long, I can't continue it. And I feel like that's a question that so many people ask themselves, and I even think about still to this day because I know I want more. But it's like, at what point do you say, okay, I'm done, and it's time to move forward? You know, because it does. It takes over your life, and you either allow it to and live this vicious cycle of, like, hope and fear and anxiety and happiness and you yeah. do that, or you just kind of have to find peace with, like, moving forward and maybe changing right. your mind, you know? Now, right. Shannon, yeah. what treatments did yeah. you do up until from the time you started with your RE until you got pregnant? What treatments did you do?
1: So we did a bunch of combo cycles. Um, so we did Clomid. We did some others. I can't remember eight. Sorry, it's been so long. We yeah. did, uh, but I know we started with Clomid, um, and then you know they bumped us up every month. So we did a couple cycles of Clomid, and then there were some other drugs, that, like other oral medications that we did. And then when I started with my um, new reproductive, my new RE, we ended up doing combo cycles. Okay. So you take um, you take a pill, and then you do some shots.
0: Yeah. Now, and then
1: you do um, then you do like the trigger shot. Yep,
0: yeah, and then you had your egg retrieval. Okay, so you did IUI. So we did
1: a couple IUIs and the last IUI was, was the winner.
0: Yeah. So now when you got pregnant, were you in total shock because it hadn't uh-huh. happened for so long? Sorry, you're cutting out a little bit. No, that's okay. So when you so when you finally got pregnant, were you in complete and total shock because it hadn't happened in so long?
1: Um, yeah, it was It was shocking. I was actually on my way. It was the last day of school, and the nurse called me to tell me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And then, of course, you know, you live the next nine months in total fear that something is going to change. And really the first three months, it was, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, Just to kind of, anytime you go to the bathroom to make sure there's nothing, you know, leaking. And and that was really, that once we got past 10 weeks, our RE said you can, you can start telling people everything. It's going to, everything looks really good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just really, it was stressful just to make it through to that point.
0: A hundred percent. And that's the one of the shittiest things about infertility is that when you actually do get pregnant because of everything else that you've been through it takes so much joy out of your pregnancy and I feel like so many women can relate to like literally worrying every single day their entire pregnancy that it takes away from that joy of like oh my god I'm finally growing this life inside me everything I ever wanted I have now I'm pregnant but it just shows how infertility does not end there you know?
1: yeah and even you know I have three now even like subsequently
0: the the other two it's it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying yeah so so talk to me about it's a it's a journey yeah so now talk to me about after you had your first what happened after that were you like okay I'm infertile we're not going to be able to get pregnant on our own I feel like that's another mindset that we have yeah
1: yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. I don't have to do birth control now. Uh-huh. Great. You know, we're not going to have another one. It took us seven years. And yeah. my OB was, my OB told me after we had her, he said, you might want to be careful. I've heard of things that happen after, um, women are, women have a hard time getting pregnant. Sometimes things happen afterwards. And I thought, there is no way, there is no way on am God's green earth. This is going to happen. Yeah. We we bought a really nice car with, you know, with the money that we, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we paid so much money, we could have bought a really nice car. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> to have this baby. And there's no way that we're going to have a baby on our own. No way.
0: Not going to mm-hmm. have it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I feel... Yeah, like...
1: sure enough, we did. So oh. we have two. We have two now. So, um...
0: Now, tell, <laughs> tell, like tell me about tell me about that because it is it's so true. Like I hope and pray to this day and I still in the back of my mind yes. as much as infertility has screwed me up, I always have that little glimmer of hope like maybe I will have a miracle pregnancy. Maybe we will be able to yes. give our son a sibling and you secretly uh-huh. really hope that for yourself but you feel yeah, like you'll never be that person. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um... But I, I always helped. I never, ever thought it would happen. Yeah. I never thought it was happening. You know, we have one. It's good, great. We have one kid. I'm so happy. We, you know, I'm so thankful for that. I'm happy we don't ever have to go through fertility treatments again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And we were, we were in London, and I was late, but you know that's not anything unusual. Um. And I wanted a burrito. <laughs> I wanted a, it's really, I don't know if you know, it's really hard to find a really good burrito in London. I didn't know um, that. So we ended up finding, yeah, it's hard. Um, so we ended up finding one and my cousin was like, this is really weird. It's yeah. like, have we've been gone, because we've been gone for like two weeks, he's like, do we need to go back to Texas? Like, what's, what's happening?
0: That's so funny. And on our last day,
1: we were, we were getting ready to leave and I still hadn't started. I mean, I was like three weeks late and that that was really I'd never never been that late before and I said well maybe maybe we should just go get a pregnancy test just just to rule it out just to rule it out and then I'll go to the doctor and figure out what's happening when we get back um so sure enough it came up positive and I started laughing I was like I was in shock and I just started laughing I was like this is I don't know. Irony at its best. Yeah. I mean, you try for so long, and then the doctors say you're never going to have another one. And here
0: it is. So, um
1: and, unreal. Yeah. It's really unreal. And my husband was in shock. I mean, he did not see the entire flight back.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Just because you spend your whole. Even happen? Exactly. And you spend so much time. Yeah. like. Your mind tells your body this is never gonna happen to you. You're never gonna have a child naturally, uh-huh. and so like I can't even imagine to see those positive lines and that pregnant. You're just like what? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's such a good thing. Of course. Such a good thing. Oh my god. So, but
0: just cool. shock. I mean,
1: we've never, yeah, just total shock, and it was, you know, my oldest was eighteen months and. We just thought, well, yes. we're done. This is good. Yes. This is fun. We're going to we're gonna enjoy this while we can. Yeah. So,
0: oh, my um, God. Yeah,
1: so we, now we have three, and then um, it happened again.
0: Oh, my God, Shannon. That's so, just so um, beautiful. Just, no, we, we were shocked again. Yeah. I don't
1: know why we were shocked, but we were shocked again. Yes. Um, we thought, there's no way this would happen
0: twice. <laughs> and it did.
1: It did. It did. Yeah, I know.
0: We should it. Uh, yeah. Oh, but first, you're so, so, so blessed, and I know you already know um, that, but it's oh, just yeah. like, what a beautiful, oh, beautiful thing, you know.
1: Yeah, it's really. I mean, it just—it's incredible. It's been such a, such a blessing, you know, for as long as we waited, and yeah. for as much, as much time and energy as we put into having a family, you know, it's just truly. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not reminded. Yeah. Of how wonderful it is. Yes,
0: and I do, and I feel like when you go through infertility. <laughs> It makes you and you get your baby at the end of it and you get to that outcome. For me, it's changed so much about how I look at being a mom, how I look at other mothers, because what you've been through, there's just there's no words that can really describe, you know, those feelings. right. Right.
1: I, and I think really and truly, I think it's actually made me a better parent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think if I had just gotten pregnant in my 20s, it would have just been, yep. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what kind of mom I would have been, yeah. but I don't think it would have been um, as patient yeah. and... You know, just enjoying it so much more now because it's just just so much sweeter.
0: No, you're so, you're so right. For me, too, like, even on those hard days, especially when they're little and, you know, maybe they're fussy, it's like, for me, that's exactly what it's done for me. It's like, I'm so thankful Uh for every single thing. I just remind myself, like, I waited seven years for this. So he's up all night. I could care less. Sleep is nothing. You know what I mean? It's just like nothing matters. (laughs) You're so right. It does. It makes you more patient. It makes you more understanding. And I've learned to just appreciate so much. And I feel so thankful for my miracle baby. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you. That's just, like, such an incredible right. story. And your story gives me hope that it could happen. You know, you can go through years yeah. of infertility. You can go through tons of All treatments, nice. thousands of dollars, get your miracle baby from infertility treatments, and then still go on to have a surprise pregnancy or two. There's, always, there's hope for anything. Right.
1: There is. For anything and and you know I think that's I think that's important about you know speaking out about going through infertility because there's so many women that that don't talk about it and it's so isolating mm. and it's so heartbreaking to deal with that by yourself um when I when I first started at my job my my school now I started talking to the receptionist and um I found out that her and Like three or four other teachers, we were all going to the same clinic for infertility. Yeah. Had we not, had I not said anything about that, we wouldn't have known. So I've always tried to be really open about it um, because you just don't know who's going through those sorts of things, and you don't know who is who's going through infertility and who's having a tough time and you know who's had a miscarriage because that happens all the time and people go through that quietly
0: Yeah, a hundred percent now were you open about it from the beginning
1: mm-hmm. I really was because because there's so many there are so many people out there that are infertile and they they go through treatments and it's just it's staggering the number of women I've met Especially when um, people, you know, people people have gotten better about not asking questions. But when I was in my 20s, people always asked, how come you don't have kids? And I'm like, oh, I can't get
0: pregnant.
1: And they would say, oh, well, so-and-so is doing the same thing. Or, you know, this happened and my sister did three rounds of IBS. And now she has twins. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think the more that you talk about it, the more people are really open about it. And, you know, you always get stupid comments like, oh, just relax, it'll happen. Yeah, Yeah. well, I'm doing a lot of relaxing. I'm spending a lot of time at the spa. It's still not (laughs) happening.
0: Exactly. No, but I respect that so much because I feel like it's so hard to be vulnerable about something like that, especially in your 20s, especially when... All your friends and family are getting pregnant and it's killing you inside. And so I was the opposite of you. It was like so hard for me to talk about because I felt like I carried so much shame with it because you're supposed to be able to get pregnant. You're 22 years old, 23 years old, and it's not happening. So it's like you almost don't even want to like express that. I don't know. It was just it was hard for me. So I really look up yeah. to you that you were able to be open about it especially so young because you're still trying to figure everything out yourself, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it is it was heartbreaking. I mean, because people that I would that that I would know would get pregnant and they had been married maybe a year. Yeah. You know, and so Matt and I at that point Really, we had been trying for several years, and we had been married a long time, and it just—it just wasn't happening for us. And all around, I mean, it seems like pregnancies go in waves, yeah. where everybody will be pregnant at the same time, and that's kind of quiet for a little while, and then everybody's pregnant again at the same time. One, um, I think there were two times really that kind of stuck out for me um, that were really difficult times to get through. Is there was a baby shower? I don't even remember who it was for. Mm-hmm. There was a baby shower that I didn't want to go to. And I, I told I told my mom, I said, I'm not going to this thing. And she said, you need to go and you need to put on a happy face. And I said, I'm not going. Yeah. I said, I'm not going. Yeah. It, it doesn't diminish my happiness for them. Like, I am very happy for mm. them. I don't want their baby. I want my baby. Yeah. But I can't go right now and look at all those little baby things.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't go look at tiny diapers. I can't go look at little baby socks. I just... I'm very happy for them, but I just can't go there and sit there and be nice about it
0: yeah, right now. Yeah, and like put yourself through that. Sounds that. Like a hard
1: thing. No. Yeah, I just can't. And the other one was, we were invited to somebody's house, and it ended up being a gender reveal party, and I didn't know.
0: Wow! So that caught you off guard completely. I did not know. Yeah.
1: I was not prepared at all for it, and, um, we had gone through some treatments, but the numbers just weren't there, and so, I, I, we
0: walked in, and there was babies at court everywhere, and I was like, oh, my God, and my husband turned around and said, I'm so sorry,
1: and we had carpooled with somebody else,
0: so we couldn't just, we couldn't
1: leave until they did, and so it was really, those were really the only two times that I really kind of felt, um, really uncomfortable with the whole infertility thing but other than that you know it's just it's something
0: you if you if you're going through it you just go through it and you're right and you kind of hope for the best yes and you realize too like that there's so much power in speaking about it and that's something else that I found like through my own healing is just speaking about it and talking about what you went through what was hard for you you know, challenge, it's like there's something that is therapeutic in that. And then you don't even know what that does for five other people who are in the same boat as you, like you were right. saying. And, like, people start to open up just because of one small choice that you've made to be brave and just, like, own what you're going through. Right,
1: right. And one of the other, and, and this, you know, I hope this little, this little anecdote serves as, as some hope for for some people out there, because, um, one of the girls I worked with, she went through two IVF cycles. Um, I don't know. I think I, maybe ICSI where they yeah. take your eggs and they put the sperm together. Yep. Um, she went through two of them and they didn't, they didn't work at all. Okay. Um, and they ended up adopting a little girl
0: yeah. and then,
1: and then she got pregnant after that.
0: Isn't no that hope. crazy? You literally hear, you hear about it that all crazy. the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I feel like so, I hear this through. There
1: is hope out there, and it's just, but it's, I know when you're going through it, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine those things happening for you. Because it is. you're just constantly bombarded with, you know, people who don't have any, you know, people who don't have any problems, they just get pregnant right away. Yep. There was kind of a, a running joke we had You know, between us, we're all going to the same doctor. Like, what kind
0: of advice do we need to have to get pregnant? Do we need, you know? No, but you're right, though. And it is. It's like when everyone else around you is getting pregnant, when you've been Uh trying for weeks that slowly turn into months, that slowly turn into years, you truly just get to this point where you're like, you're still fighting and you're still going through those treatments. And that's how I was. It was like I wasn't going to stop But I had been let down so many times and I had seen so many negative pregnancy tests, never been pregnant in my entire life, that I just, in my mind, it was just like, you're never going to get pregnant. You went through three failed Ah. transfers. Why would the next one work for you? And so I went into my fourth one, kind of like what you shared at the beginning. I was like... I'm hopeless. I went through three failed transfers. Why is this one gonna work for me? Like I just felt like so low, and so then lo and behold, when I ended up getting a positive pregnancy test, like right before my beta, I truly couldn't even believe it. And I think it literally took weeks for my husband and I to be like, we're really pregnant. Like we really are pregnant. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's. It's tough. It's, it's tough when you're in this room. With it.
0: Now, how was your husband throughout this time? Did he handle things like similarly to you? How was he?
1: Oh no, he's um, he's a strong, silent type. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he he was always really um really and truly quiet, but strong. And that if I needed if I needed a hug or I needed somebody to lean on, he you know, he's there, he's, he's said mm-hmm. but he really, he's really not a talker about those sorts of things, Yeah. so, yeah, and his, you know, his thing always was, if we have a baby, great, if we don't,
0: I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, it's funny you say that, and because that was, my husband got to that point, too, and I think after so many years, you know, you do, you kind of then start to have that conversation, like, well, if it's just me and you for the rest of our life, we'll still be happy because we have each other. And I feel like he said that to me at a very similar point. Like, if it's just me and you, we're going to be okay. You know, we'll always be okay. And... That's great and everything, and I appreciate, you know, our hubbies are so strong, and he's a lot like yours, just, like, strong, always was strong for me, but I feel like on the inside, they have to be going through similar things emotionally, even though they don't share it or show it. Right. Right. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, one of the the best
1: advice I ever got was... If you don't have kids, it's not going to be a better or worse life. It's just going to be a
0: different
1: life. Yeah. And that put things in perspective for me.
0: Yeah. I think that's... I don't know.
1: It was really, you know, not better or worse, just different. Yeah. And it may not be what you expected. I don't think I don't think this is what any of us ever
0: expected. Mm-hmm. I think that's something hard, too. Like, as you transition into adulthood, is, like, you kind of grow up or fantasize especially us girls like oh this is how my life is going to be I'm going to go to school or I'm going to get this job and then I'm going to do this and then you kind of like plan and then as you get into adulthood you realize like all those little plans you had like they don't always work out like that and you can't control you know know. things that happen right right and that's hard you know um
1: I am I am not good with uh, throwing a wrench in my plans. Like I had like six different plans just to make sure everything <laughs> works out. So yeah. you know, when you, you know, when one doesn't work, you have a backup. Yeah. That's not the case with infertility. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, well you're you're swimming in uncharted
0: waters. Yeah. And especially when we started so many years ago, there was there was nothing for me to look at.
1: I mean, there was very minimal
0: information out there. I can so relate to that. And then you found yourself, like, scrolling through pregnancy websites like Baby Center, reading stories about women that got pregnant, desperately looking to connect with, you know anything that you felt like you could relate to and it, it, it was hard and then you look at like how much oh. there is now and how much the like Instagram is such an amazing support system and community I, like yes It's just I'm so glad that things have changed from, you know, back then several years ago to how they are now. And, you know, I can't imagine what it will continue to be like. And that's why even these conversations are so powerful because it's like somewhere along the lines, talk about infertility is going to change. And then one day it's not going to be this taboo subject or miscarriage or just everything that right. we go through it's it's okay to talk about
1: right 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 and I think that's that's a huge thing is that it is so taboo to talk about um one of the one of the older ladies I worked with um, her daughter's about my age but she had come to me a couple years ago asking for a recommendation on a doctor because her daughter was having difficulty Where yeah. I think our parents generation never spoke about it it was not uttered it was not even you know nobody even thought that way so I think there's a huge shift and it takes time to do that but the more open we can be and the more we talk about it and bring these issues to light I think the better you know the better it is for for all women
0: yeah oh I love that so much and you're so right you're so right so now one one thing I want to ask you is like (laughs) motherhood and infertility I feel like that's something else that you just can't even prepare yourself for. And so because you went through it, you know, for seven years before you got pregnant with your first... It was the same thing for me. And I think that it's so easy to assume, oh, I'm pregnant. This is all I ever wanted. Now I'm going to be okay. Oh, now I'm going to have my baby and life's just going to go back to normal. And part of the aftershock for me has been like navigating motherhood and realizing like infertility is always going to be a part of me. I definitely let it define me and carry a lot of weight on me for so long. But it's kind of realizing like If you're blessed enough to have your miracle baby, if you're fortunate enough to get to the end of your road, whatever that looks like, so much about your experience with infertility kind of stays with you and it affects you. Do you feel like motherhood was different for you after you had your first just because of what you went through?
1: Absolutely. I mean, those first couple days are pure bliss. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it's also really hard because you have no idea what you're doing. You you know, you think you're preparing for
0: it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you
1: you try for seven years and you think in your head, "Oh, I'm going to do everything perfectly."
0: Yeah. Um, and then you know,
1: real life hits you can't. But um, yeah, I mean, it it really does. It really does. Um, help you. Yeah. I think, it, I think it has helped me as a parent, Yeah, honestly, because I don't, I think I just appreciate my kids a lot more. Yeah. And not to say that people who haven't tried, you know, for years and years don't appreciate their kids, but I don't make those jokes. Like yeah. I wish my kids would disappear. Yeah. Um, you know, like some parents do because I, that's ex- I hear those things. I don't
0: know. Yes, there, that's exactly. A,
1: that needs a break, but has also not struggled to have a child.
0: <laughs> exactly, and there's something about when you have struggled for so long to have a child. It's just that perspective. There's something inside of you that it's like there's so many things that I just don't take for granted. Like, literally, it's just the stupidest things ever, whether it's, like, changing five dirty diapers a day or, like, just any little thing. You're just like, thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to do this with my child who I wanted so so long for.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I just love it.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's been really a blessing. And then, um, you know, when I came back to work, um, when I came back to work after my first was born, there was a lady who I, I coached with at another school um, was pregnant, and she was due a couple months before me. Right after, um, right after my daughter was born, her baby died from SIDS. And so when I hear about that, and, you know, coupled with, you know, with the fertility, it's just, you know, I'm so thankful for, for everything that we have yeah. and, and our children. And it's just, it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough.
0: Yeah, it's hard. Now, do you feel like it's hard? Like, something else that I kind of struggle with even now is feeling like... More reserved and more closed off to people who haven't gone through it and haven't experienced it, but yet so open and so connected with people like you who just get it. Like, I find that it's so much easier, obviously, to like talk to women, couples that are going through it and that are going through the go through of infertility. But then when, you know, it comes to like friends or family members who just, don't know or they don't get it like I find that I just would rather sometimes stay quiet because it's easier you know do you ever feel like that
1: yeah I do I do um yeah I think with women who have really tried for a long time or have had to go to a specialist I, I think there is kind of just a level of understanding and a level of Um, camaraderie really like we're all in the you know we're in the trenches we've been there it's it's tough just you know you just kind of hold hold on to your hat and hang on yeah exactly (laughs) um but yeah with people who haven't gone through it I it's it's very difficult to to talk about because they just they don't understand you know they say something like oh just relax it'll happen yeah you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's like, the one I got the most. Relax, yes. it'll
0: happen. <laughs> yes, and that's the one that, like, we literally don't want to hear at all because, like, I you think, said, I think people... it's like I am relaxing and it's not happening. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right. And I think a lot of people really don't know what to say because they've probably never heard it before. Like, oh I can't get from it they probably haven't ever heard that before, yeah. so they probably have no idea what.
0: Yeah. No, you
1: tell your friends and family. Don't tell them to
0: relax. Yeah. No, you're so (laughs) right, and I even think about that now too because we were very private with. Are first and there's still a lot of people close to us who don't know it was just something that we kept private but in the back of my mind too I think about it now like pretty soon we'll start getting oh when are you guys gonna have another one are you gonna give him a sibling and it's like that's hard because right then and there you make the choice to either kind of brush it off like oh yeah maybe soon or to be like well actually we are trying or oh he was an IVF baby and we tried to get pregnant for seven years so it's like deciding which way you're going to go with sharing your truth to the person who's kind of asking you about it.
1: Right. Yeah, and that's always a tough choice because, you know, some people ask just because they're curious and some people ask because they actually care and trying to discern which is which is is difficult.
0: Yeah, you're so right. So now if you could, like, look back and give yourself one piece of advice when you were 24 years old, like just starting out, you know, your journey with your hubby... What would you say to yourself?
1: I would, you know, truthfully, I would do everything the same way. Um, Simply because I think it has has led me to really a greater appreciation for for what I have. I think if we had um, just gone through IVF, you know, when I was 26 or 27 and we had gotten pregnant immediately, I don't know that I would have appreciated it as much because yeah. it wouldn't have taken us so long. We wouldn't have had so many um, difficulties and hard, you know, hardships to really make us appreciate the end result of that.
0: No, you're so right. And it's like in the midst of it, the hardships are so hard and they just crush your soul but then as you kind of get through on the other side you do you look back and you're like that shaped me that molded me that helped me get to this point where I'm at right now you know right absolutely absolutely yeah oh this was so much fun I just loved getting to talk to you
1: yeah thanks for having me I've
0: enjoyed it yeah this it's just so therapeutic to be able to vent with other women, with other couples that just get it. And there's something so powerful in, like, sharing your story because so many women out there can connect with parts of it, all of it, maybe none of it, but just the power behind sharing your story is just one of the most beautiful things, really, that you can do with your diagnosis, you know? Right, right.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree, and and I really, you know, I hope that more women are open about it. I but it is hard because it is such a private thing and it's such a heartbreaking thing, and and you know, sometimes there are just times where you just can't talk about it yeah. because it's too it's too
0: difficult. Yeah, and it is, and it's hard because. If you choose to be open with it, then it's also having to be open with the fact when things don't work out for you or when you do go through a failed transfer or a miscarriage or anything bad that can happen, then it's carrying that weight of like letting everybody else know like, oh, it didn't work. And it's already hard enough to go through by yourself.
1: Right. You know, the one thing that I'm, I'm truthfully really, really blessed, really thankful about is that when I would say, oh, we're trying something nobody would
0: ask that's nice they would
1: they would check on me like in two weeks um especially the girls at work they would say okay well I'm not going to ask you I'm not going to check on you until you come to me again yeah
0: okay yeah
1: thanks yeah that was kind of our, our silent pact like exactly. okay we're not gonna just gonna keep our fingers crossed yep. and hope it works out and if we don't hear from we're just going to give you some space and some
0: time. Yeah, that's beautiful. And those are the kind of people that you literally have to surround yourself with. You know, that's so, that's so right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's just amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Shannon. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I thanks am... for putting us on
1: Instagram. Like, thanks for having your account. I just, I think it's such a good thing that you're getting people talking about it and, and getting their stories out there because there are so many women that that need support that don't have it
0: yeah and it's like as I sometimes it's a good thing you're doing a good thing oh thanks so much Shannon and it is it's like sometimes you feel like you could just cry about it you know you just feel like I read so many different women's posts or their stories and like my heart literally breaks. I'll get the chills like so many times or even what just happened with Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. It's like I woke up the other morning and my husband was like, "Oh my god, I just read this article like Chrissy lost the baby." And I was yes. just right away, I was like, "No, oh. like are you kidding me?" you know? And it is. It's just it, it's heartbreaking. Yes. But when you share and when you speak your truth, like the only thing comforting in that is like feeling like you're not alone and there's something whether it's just a small amount of comfort or something that gets you through to the next day that like that's what makes it okay and that's what makes us you know want to keep sharing and just you know everyone's story is different and everyone's story is so powerful
1: I agree.
0: Thank you so much, Shannon. I I think we'll have to do this again with our husbands for sure. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> this will be so much fun. But um, thank you again so much. It was so nice to finally connect with you. Yeah, it was good to meet you.
1: I'm glad we did
0: this. Yes, and congratulations on your sweet little new one. I'm sure you are super busy and super tired. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, yes, I am tired. I'm sure <laughs> but you are I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that's exactly what we were talking about. It's like, yes, I'm freaking exhausted and yeah. I'm probably going to feel like this for the next mm-hmm. 18 plus years, but it is okay. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. It's like the best kind of tired you can be. That's
1: yeah, it is. It is my house is dirty I'm yeah. tired. Doesn't matter. Those are all the little things
0: in life. Yeah, no, you're so right. This was so, so refreshing. I just loved getting to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right,
1: thanks. I hear my kids screaming out there,
0: so I gotta. Go ahead, Shannon, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Shannon. All right. See ya.